Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Unbreakably Bold. I'm your host, Christina Delgado. This podcast is for anyone who is ready to step into their power, stop doubting their abilities, and begin to live their life in alignment. On this podcast, we will talk all things mindset, relationships, personal development, confidence, and so much more. I'm here to foster intentional conversations, drop some knowledge, and learn alongside you all with the aim of showing up as empowered and unbreakably bold every single day. No matter where you are on your journey of doing the work, this podcast is guaranteed to make you feel less alone. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unbreakably Bold. It's your girl, Christina Delgado, back at it with another amazingly scientifically backed episode for you guys today. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited for this episode per usual. When am I not excited about my episodes? But Today I have one of my best friends, my longest running best friends with us today. She is an actual genius and she is going to drop so much knowledge on you guys today. I am so excited. Her name is Iabo. Iabo, say hello. Hey everyone. Hi, I'm Iabo Erin Katola and get you some friends that gas you up like this. 100%. 100%. Um, Iabo and I have been friends since... 2002. All right. Taking it back. (laughs) Um, I don't remember if we were in the exact same homeroom. I don't think we were. I think this is, you know, one of those classic playground. Yeah. Moments. (laughs) Um, At the monkey bars or something. (laughs) I think we were just like, we picked up on each other's energy from the jump and we pretty (laughs) much were attached at the hip for Ever and ever and ever. And yeah. then um, we played high school lacrosse together. We challenged each other so much. Like that, those were some of the best years, I feel like, for our friendship. Like we just Absolutely. knew we both had it, our goals in mind and we just pushed each other so much. And that's still something that we do now. And that's not something I have in a lot of my friendships. So I'm so grateful to still have you on my side. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not going nowhere. And I feel the same way. You know, we went to Puerto Rico together. Do you remember that? Of course I remember we went that. To Puerto Rico. You know, mimosas. We've had some great times. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I think in Puerto Rico, we were legally allowed to – weren't we legally allowed to drink at that time? Yeah, we were. Shout out to 18. (laughs) 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 Although I don't think I was 18 yet. I think you were 18. Yeah. I don't know know what it was. 
You drink it with us anyway. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely have some. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So. Mm. <laughs> I, we know nothing about that. But anyways, let's bring it back. This is going to happen the whole episode <laughs> if we don't reel ourselves in. But today we are going to talk about really the scientific backing and research behind thinking positively. We're going to be talking about how the brain really works within all of that. Yabo is doing a lot of studying. She's dedicated her entire life at this point to studying that. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing? Yeah, sounds good. I am currently in medical school, so I am in the academic trenches. Before this, (laughs) I went to Transylvania University. I got a neuroscience degree. I went to Harvard to get my master's, and I did research in Dr. Howard Weiner's lab you know, did some clinical neurology research. And uh, now I'm in medical school doing the same thing. So I'm excited. I'm learning a lot. And I'm excited to share with you guys what I've been learning. I'm so excited to learn from you today. (laughs) Obviously, I've heard like little snippets of things because we did chat before this. And you guys are in store for a really good episode. So let's get into it, shall we? Okay, let's get into it. So I am an unbreakably bold listener. I love it. I listened to the podcast. You (laughs) shared with us, you know, what got you on this journey. You know, you had uh, an ex-boyfriend share, you know, his thoughts about you. (laughs) You know, we all had those ex-boyfriend reads. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and that prompted you to start looking into yourself. You know, he said, hey, you don't even really like yourself or something like that. And then that prompted you to kind of on your growth journey. So what are some of the things when you were on your growth journey that made you realize you talked about when you realized you had low self-esteem, but what about when you realized, Hey, maybe I'm a negative thinker or I'm not really, you know, supporting myself. Yeah. So funny enough, these men in my life just really do be reading me. (laughs) So funny enough, I actually had a boss, my first big girl job ever. He was my manager. He was the best ever. And I had so much respect for him. And I'll never forget, we were in the car one day driving to meet with clients of ours. And he said to me, gosh, you are such a negative thinker. And I was like, who? Like, I don't think <laughs> negatively. And he was like, yes, you do. I was like, I am a realist. But the, that rang in my head for so long. And I was like, there's no way he could be right because I genuinely didn't think I was a negative thinker. Fast forward so many years later. And then, yeah, my ex had said something similar. So when I kind of started my journey, I really started by listening to a lot of podcasts, reading some books. So a lot of podcasts I were I was listening to had a lot to do with mindset and they would give examples of negative thinking and how you should be going about something, you know, mindset wise versus what kind of a negative process looks like, the opposite of that. And all of the opposites of like how you should be really working with your mindset was exactly how I was thinking. And I was like, Oh, my God, so I am a negative thinker. Like I really used to pride myself on being a realist, but I realized definitely a negative thinker. And each thing that they would say, I dig into that and realize that I said it in my own life. And then I worked to dig to see why I Mm -hmm. came up with that conclusion in the first place. So that's kind of my long winded answer to your question. (laughs) No, I love that. And all of those things I feel like are really important and are going to come back, you know, later on. But I totally hear that and support you. Sometimes you have to hear it externally. And I like that, you know, when you started to realize it was something that you were interested in, you kind of indulged that interest with podcasts, with I don't know, YouTube videos, I know you, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and books, and books. Um, And But so for me, realizing that I was a negative thinker, I think that came from when I started studying the brain. The brain is an organ. It's the organ that uses the most energy in your body. It's the command center for our human intelligence. And it has a lot of different jobs to interpret your environment, you know, internal, external, and survival is a big part of that. You know, when you're sleeping and somewhat, you don't have to remind yourself to keep breathing, things like that. When I started in my studies, you studied psychology. One of the tools that people use is an EEG. And when your brain cells talk to each other, they use electricity and chemicals to do that. And so the EEG is kind of an unsophisticated proof of principle that your thoughts can produce 
something measurable outside of your body. So they put those little electrodes on your head and you sometimes close your eyes or they'll show you cards, but they're measuring your brain activity and that's measurable outside of your head. That was so crazy to me. So when I got a little bit more sophisticated in my studies, I learned that there's a lot of disorders and diseases in the body that there's no clear gene indicated. So we look for the environment to see how that changes gene expression. We look to the environment to see how that changes, you know, body processes and behavior. So when um, we go to the environment and how that could maybe change gene expression, your brain is a big part of that. It's kind of a really big part of the bridge in the middle. And your brain is an organ. Your body is an organ system. So everything works together. You know, your thoughts don't just stay in your head at the top of your body and and don't go anywhere. A small example of that is serotonin. We've heard about that neurotransmitter a lot um, for happiness. 95% of that is made in your gut. So when we're talking about brain health here, it's a global process. You know, brain health lives everywhere. So you can't think necessarily that just thinking about something, you know, won't have any impact on the rest of your body or the outside world. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people think that it does have. Like, I think that everyone thinks that you just think something and it, like you said, it kind of just goes to the top of your head and it doesn't do too much else. But I think that's a huge point that it literally impacts your gut health, your body, all the things. Absolutely. And I feel like when I was younger, you know, my parents were like, you know, if you think positive, you know, just think positive. And I mean, just think positive. I don't know. The whole thing just kind of <laughs> seemed kind of quirky to me. I, was like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It just, I didn't really connect with it, I guess, or yeah. understand the purpose of it. And like you said, I didn't necessarily think I was a negative thinker, but, you know, learning these little things in my educational journey, I guess, has really helped me understand that. And um, I also learned there was a study 2014, actually, by DS and Ressler. It was a really big paper when it came out. And basically, they did an investigation on stress response. So the study was they had, and similar studies have been done in a lot of different animals, mice, rats, birds. They had a mouse or an animal and they gave it a exposure to something traumatic, a shock to the foot. A lot of us know, you studied psychology, Pavlovian's theory, um, Mm -hmm. you know, conditioning, stimulus, all that kind of stuff. So they gave a mouse a shock to the foot and they measured the biological response. You know, it would run away, it would hide, less social, things like that. What they did next is they gave the animal a smell of jasmine or orange bloom scent. So they gave them the smell of this and then they would shock their foot and do the response. They did this a couple of times and they found that when they gave the animal a smell of the jasmine without the shock, they had the same behavioral response and a very similar chemical response, even without Mm -hmm. exposure to the shock anymore because they had been conditioned to associate jasmine, you know, something that is therapeutic or, you know, just an olfactory scent with the stress and the trauma of uh, electric shock. Mm. They saw in the um, gametes that there was epigenetic changes, changes to the sperm that mirrored this. So in the next generation of animal, they were able to smell the lavender scent. And though they didn't necessarily run, their brain had the same response. This is stressful. And when they investigated the brain, they saw increased receptors, increased neuronal density in this area of the brain. They saw the same thing in the offspring, even though they had never been exposed to um, the stress of the shock. So interesting. So what that's kind of taught taught us is that when there's a behavioral component associated with a stimuli, we can condition our response. Our response can be conditioned associated with the smell. Right. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So it sounds like very similar just to kind of put it into like something that we as human beings may deal with or struggle with. It sounds like generational trauma. It sounds very similar to that. Also, you know, they say that as a child, as a baby, you can experience trauma while you're in the womb. So Mm -hmm. it it reminds me of that too, because a lot of people are like, there's no way, blah, blah, blah. So wait, were the rats or whatever it was, did 
were they like pregnant while this was happening or like it happened while they weren't pregnant, then they got pregnant? Okay. I'm glad that you asked that. So, Mm -hmm. um, we found these in the sperm of the male mice. So Uh males produce sperm continuously through life. Women, we get um, the eggs in utero. So when we're born, we have the eggs that we're going to have. Right. So the fact that they're continuously producing these cells that can grow to make a baby, it's present. It's present in their DNA. And it can be transferred. And when they didn't have exposure to the jasmine scent with the trauma, they still had a neurophysiological response similar to if they had been associated jasmine with trauma. Also, the same area in the brain had the increased density. Mm. So uh, they did the study again, and they had a group that um, had the jasmine scent, had the shock, and then they had a group that had the same thing, and then they deconditioned them. So that means that they had the shock, and they started giving it to them without the jasmine scent. And a few times of that, they were able to reduce the traumatic fear that jasmine scent was able to provide alone. And in, the, and in the sperm, the epigenetic change was gone as well. So that wasn't able to transfer to the offspring if the adult was able to resolve it in them. I thought that was such a big deal. You know, so like yeah. just making these associations can be a really big deal for us and they can have really big implications later. You know, I feel like all of us are kind of working through some of the stuff that our parents work through and, you know, maybe we get to work through it younger, but it would be a really nice thing if we understood that we have the power to resolve that before we even get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It's like a, another kind of form of like evidence in a sense. And I think that that is super helpful. And that's why it's so important to understand the science behind something like positive or negative thinking or trauma responses or whatever it may be, because the shit is real. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the world's maybe like sometimes just with social media and the way we communicate about things. And maybe because we share things without knowing full information, it can sound like this is like a question if, Mm -hmm. right? Like if these experiences have an impact on the way that you think and the way that your brain works and whatnot. And that's why I think it's so cool because it's evidence. It's like, no, fuck off with the bullshit. This is real. (laughs) No, for real. percent. And it blew me away that there, that this was, um, a measurable thing, you know, Mm -hmm. that they were able to even study it. So, you know, behavior and conditioning when brought in with an environmental change that can show up in sperm. And I think a big takeaway from the story is that not the story, this research, right? This um, really impressive, well thought out, well designed research study that survival response was provoked when exposed to a not a non-threat. You know, mm-hmm. and we know that repeated behavior reinforces and strengthens neural pathways. And this makes the pathway more likely to be followed in future neural communications. So I think something that's, you know, bringing us back to what we're trying to do is that behavior, a behavior must come with a change in thought. So when they did an experiment before and the animal wasn't allowed to move, the animal wasn't allowed to um, defend themselves. It was a different type of thing. You need to be able to behave. You need to be able to respond. And we as humans, you know, we're not necessarily in a study, right? Someone's not putting us in a room and saying, associate this, associate that, you know, Mm -hmm. consciousness and choice are our best tools in overcoming this consciousness and choice i love that the two c's (laughs) okay no it it is it's so true i love that (laughs) you know you can't be controlling of every event in your life you know the shocks but you can condition yourself and train your brain and how to evaluate these events and change your behavior. I love that. I think, you know, when we're talking about negativity and negative state, I think it's important to say that some of these things that we associate with, you know, negative thinking is beneficial for us. You know, anger, anxiety, depression, you know, they are incorporated in us sometimes to tell you when you're not safe or when there's a threat around or, you know, sometimes when you don't really know what's going on and you sense something in the room's not right. And then you get out of there. And then later you were like, damn, that was good. I got out of there, you know? Yeah. We don't exactly know how all that stuff works. You know, your brain's taking in a thousand things at a time, millions of things 
at a time. So we're not saying negative thoughts don't have any benefit, but you know, that state of survival doesn't have to be associated with non-threats. And a big part of negative thinking is how long you hold on to the negativity. You know, are you, do you complain all the time? Do you have negative self-talk all the time? Are you hostile towards people? You know, like sustained, self-destructive, unproductive thought patterns are really the big part of negative thinking here that we're talking about. And so you said consciousness and choice are our biggest, basically, components to changing that right? Mm -hmm. Like to changing kind of our negative behavior and the negative way of thinking that we've had in the past. So what are some ways that you would recommend working on those negative behaviors with consciousness and choice being the root, right? The foundation? For sure. I think that a lot of the things, like I said, you've been suggesting. So how do you rewire your brain to think positively and retain it? How do you change the way that you respond to negativity? You know, you can't always control that. You know, the negative stimulus, whatever it is, whether it be like a cage, you know, the cage shock or the person who stole your coffee at Starbucks, HR person that keeps you on hold for three hours, whatever it is, you know, you can't always control those things. So how do you change the way you respond? respond to it? How do you change your perspective? And I think a big thing is self-awareness that we've talked about. One of the things that I loved, loved, loved that you said in one of your podcasts was that you car- that it was really important for you to carve out the time to hear how you're being led. Yeah. And I think it's also important in that is to carve out the time to hear yourself. I recommend through journaling or just doing notes on your phone, something that you can come back to start reflecting, be conscious in your interactions. Remember those conversations where you thought someone was reading you for filth and actually, you know, (laughs) they were putting you on. Um, Which tells you something in itself. (laughs) That's a great point though, because (laughs) during those times, I wasn't self-aware, like Mm -hmm. you just said is a key component to it as well. So I think that's great that you say that. I think that everyone that spews things at you aren't always right. And I truly do believe that. But I think that if you respect the person on the other end of the phone, if Mm -hmm. you admire them in any kind of way, it's worth it for you to take some time to yourself. Like you said, use journaling or whatever works best for you, but to ponder on that and see why they would say that if they were trying to be helpful or if they were trying to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge thing for sure. And I just love that you said that because not everyone is out to hurt you. Like in that moment, I mean, I do think he was trying to dig at me for sure. But (laughs) ultimately, I would like to think that he saw that in me and he just threw it out there hoping that I would actually pay attention to it. And it took me a minute to pay attention, but I did. So which kind of brings me to a question I wanted to ask you too, is how can we decide what is a threat versus what's not a threat? And That thinking? was exactly what I was going to say. I feel like, and this is just from my personal experience, mm-hmm. when I was thinking negatively, I welcomed everything to be a threat. Mm. You know, I didn't mind the um, minor self-sabotage. I didn't mind the, you know, if something happened, talking about it for way too long or lingering in it for way too long, you know? So if anything happened, it could be my fault. It could be not my fault. I was able to internalize it as something personal, whether it was or not. And I think once you are able to start thinking positively or not indulge in negative thinking, then it is easier to discern between negativity, threats, doubters, and constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. At least for me, it really made it easier for me to organize the whole type of thing. I like because that. it's a lot going on, you know, and when you're not sure why you're doing things or how you got here emotionally, when someone tells you something, you don't have the tether to be like, actually, no, you, you know, it, it, it could be a serious consideration. You know, when you do the work, other people become less of an authority on you. Mm. And that's what I, that's where I'm coming from, you know? Yeah. So when I come into it, rooms or situations, I'm coming from a position of power. And it's not power over anyone or ego, but it's power in myself because I know, I know, Mm -hmm. you know, and that goes a long way. It does. And I completely agree. I love that you said that because that and it comes back to self esteem. And it comes back to you taking the time to understand your strengths, your weaknesses, 
who you are, what you bring to the table, where you've messed up in the past, being able Mm -hmm. to let that stuff go, but Mm -hmm. also being self-aware to know all the things. So when someone comes at you and says something that you already know is a weakness, you can hit them with a, I completely know what you mean. This is something I'm working on, la, 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 la. And it feels better, you know, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't feel like it's this like, you know, they have fight or flight. It doesn't feel like it's like this fight mechanism to like prove your worth and who you are and and whatnot. If you work at the core and the root of that, which is your self-esteem, which is truly the root of everything, in my opinion, you'll be able to kind of better discern what's a threat versus what's not. I think that's such a good point. And I also think, you know, it becomes less intimate. It becomes less of an exposure, you know, if you know that about yourself before someone else says it to you in public. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, it's it feels like less of a big deal, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm working on that, you know, or whatever. You can say whatever you want to about it. But as far as how you feel about it, it is not as impactful. War wasn't for me. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And I liked what you said about self-esteem, you know, what you taught me in one of your <laughs> earlier podcasts was that self-esteem is how you assess your value and confidence is your trust in your ability. Mm-hmm. And one of the, some of the tools that positive thinking gave me was those things. I was able to assess my value. These are the things that I'm good at. These are my strengths. And I was also able in that to see the cracks and be like, okay, this is what I need to work on. And oh man, if I get all this together, I'm going to be the baddest bitch on the planet or whatever, however I talk to myself. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it, so it wasn't even necessarily, it didn't feel like weakness. It felt like, oh, this is another piece of the pie I have to get. You know what I Opportunity. mean? Opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. So that's self-esteem. I feel like I'm valuable because I understand who I am and how I work. And as far as confidence goes, I have trust in my ability because in the opportunities or the moments where I do have a negative something I can't control, I know I have the tools, you know, to control. Because you've done it before. Yeah, you've done done it it in the past. You've proven it to yourself. And you know that moving forward, you're going to be able to handle whatever it is that comes your way. And I think that's so key too. And I, I really love that you say that because- I think that's huge. Like a lot of building confidence comes from doing hard things that are super uncomfortable and getting past that uncomfortable feeling, mastering it or just getting over it and being like, all right, fuck it. And then being able to move forward in a way that like, yeah, I handled it that last time and it sucked. (laughs) You know, like I got through that breakup and I felt like shit and it sucked, but I'm still going to decide and choose to fall in love with somebody else. And if our relationship ends and there's a breakup, I handled it the last time and I'm so capable to do it again if that's what's necessary. So absolutely. And, you know, I think that should be a big part of your journaling process. Write some things that you've done that you're proud of. Write some Mm. things down, some things you've overcome, you know, and then it'll, it'll surprise you. I did that list Um, you know, during my process. And I was just like, wow, sometimes when you're in it and you're working so hard, or sometimes when you don't feel like you're in it and you're going through the motions, you're still making accomplishments and small victories. And I think it's important to uh, take stock in that as well. Yeah, that's a solid exercise. I like that. Absolutely. Some other questions is to ask yourself, how long do you linger in that negativity? How do you indulge in it? And how does that behavior present? So when you're really complaining or something or you're or I'm being grouchy for no reason, so other people might take, how does that present? Am I in bed all day? Unproductive? Am I you know, nasty to people that care about me? Am I overexerted because I feel afraid to say, hey, no, I I can't do that today or I'm not available? You know, how does it show up? The next step would be to make a commitment. I think you can take stock and you can think about it, but this is going to be an active process. You know, being unbreakably bold and growing and maturing. It takes work, you know, you have to go through, go against those growing pains, you know, so you have to make a commitment that you do want to stop indulging in negative thinking. You know, so you can condition your responses when something doesn't go your way or something makes you unhappy and you find yourself thinking about the negativity for too long. Actively stop yourself, you know. And one thing one thing that you said, you said 
We know repeated behavior reinforces and strengthens neural pathways. Mm -hmm. This makes the path more likely to be followed in future neural communication. Mm -hmm. And I think that right there when you said that, you know, you were saying like, if you think negatively, right, it's strengthening those neural pathways. It's making it essentially the new norm for your brain to think, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think... It's important to understand so it can work in the opposite way, right? If you bring up new things that you're working on, new patterns, and you work to correct those negative pathways, maybe, it can also shut those negative ones down and start the new pathway, right? Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. Yeah, we're promoting, hey, hey, go this way, go this way. You're reinforcing something else. You're training your brain to think positivity is easier. Because right now it's going to be harder, you know, because it's something that you're not used to. Right. As I mentioned earlier, when your uh, neurons communicate, it's an electrochemical. So it's chemicals and it's electricity. When you reinforce that by doing your old practices. So let's just say um, something happens that doesn't feel good and you get angry about it. That's totally okay. What we're saying is you can't stay angry. You can't stay frustrated. You can't stay bitter for too long. So you feel what you have to feel. I don't know how it works for everyone, but for me, I would be like, I'm going to give myself this much time to just really just feel it. And then it's time to boss up after that, you know, got to get some stuff done. So Mm -hmm. what basically we're suggesting is, you know, every time something bad happens, you don't have to smile and, you know, everything's good. You feel what you have to feel, but you have to move on from it. You know, we're not indulging in the negative thinking. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I think that is like what they call, you know, toxic positive thinking. Because yeah. that's one thing like this entire episode I don't want to put out, <clears throat> put out this energy of you need to always be thinking positive. Don't ever think negatively. It's bad for you. Because I think that, like you said, if you're giving yourself these the time to actually sit in your emotions and these feelings that arise and you actually sit with them and try to work through them and understand, you know, if you want to go the extra length and actually understand why this is coming up for you in the manner that it is, I think that that is like the key to mm-hmm. really like, I guess, choosing new choices and new ways of thinking. But, you know, they do talk about like this toxic positivity. And for sure, I, I, I just want to say, I don't think either of us are big components <laughs> on the toxic positivity. So I like that you said that, you know, that it's okay to have these reactions and these emotions and these feelings that maybe don't feel like a positive feeling to have mm-hmm. or a positive thought to have. Mm-hmm. And that's okay as long as you can kind of embrace it, sit in it, understand it, and let it go ultimately. 
Yes, for sure. Positive thinking is not unchecked optimism. It can be constructive, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So thank you for highlighting that point. I think it's really important. Yeah. So I think there can be an insult, whatever that is. Negative thinking would be, I can't do this because it's too much work for me, or I did the best I could, but I'm just not good at something. An example of positive thinking would be, I, you know, from I can't, this is too much work for me to I'm not interested in doing it. And that's okay mm-hmm. to just like say and admit. Or you can just say, you know, I can get prepared and try something new. But it doesn't have to be automatically you dismissing yourself. It doesn't yeah. feel good when other people do it. So let's just stop doing it to ourselves. Another example, um, I did the best I could. I'm just not good at it. You can say, hey, I tried. I'm going to try another approach next time. You know, you can admit it hurts like hell to take this on the chin right now, but we'll recover. And you can even be even more honest and say, oh, I was inconsistent in my efforts, but next time. And yeah. that helps a lot. And when you were mentioning earlier about how um, when you're having those conversations with yourself and something happens and you're emotional, you don't want to indulge in it for too long. It's a lot easier when you've done the work with yourself to label the emotion. So you don't have to spend so much time. Oh, why? what is this? How do I feel? You know, and you have a, a better insight into the source of that within you. So it doesn't even have to, the process is a lot shorter even. I mean, it was for me. Yeah. And I like that you say to label the feeling because actually I've heard a lot of people recommend not labeling it because then you're making something out of it. I couldn't mm-hmm. disagree more. I, I mean, who am I? But also Brene Brown, <laughs> who is a vulnerability and shame researcher, <laughs> feels the same way. So let me just <laughs> back myself with her. I agree that you should be labeling these like feelings and these experiences that you're having because it helps you just see them in a different way, kind of as less less of a threat and mm-hmm. more of like a, all right, I see you eye to eye, we're level now and mm-hmm. you're understanding the whole energy of what's going on. So I just want to hit on that because I think there, there are definitely people out there who say you shouldn't label, you know, thoughts, feelings, experiences, but I disagree. I'm interested in that. Let's talk about that. Sure. Um, I feel like that can be an interesting point. It could be restrictive and not inclusive, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. to all the complexities of emotion. But also, you don't have to label it as this is called sad. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. You can yeah. label it as this is something in me that I felt before. Mm-hmm. I've been here before. It maybe feels like this. You know, like, I don't know, a pattern of something. And yeah. it's devastating. That's so, a label, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it hurts. That's a label. But it doesn't yeah. have to be an external label that you say to someone else. And it doesn't have to be you giving an explicit label. But it can be a label as in this hurts my feelings or this feels like shit. You know, sometimes just being able to say that can go such yeah. a long way. Yeah. On the last episode. So we're recording this before I'm putting out the one that I'm actually <laughs> going to put out before. So, but I, um, I will be talking about the energy and all of the feelings that come with starting something new for the first time. Yeah. And with that, um, and this is actually part of Brene Brown and a method that she has to handling that tough situation. It's called the fucking first time. Um, method, FFT. (laughs) And essentially, step two is to, you know, to label this experience, because when you start something new, it's very easy to go down this path of like, I suck at this. I'm not good at this. I should just quit at this. But Mm -hmm. everyone starts something new for the first time. And you're not going to immediately be the best that there ever was, you know, like, So I think it's important in that sense. So a good example to complement that too, to kind of label that an experience that may be making you feel negatively. Like Mm -hmm. I feel negative when I am starting a job for the first time and I feel really bad about myself and that I suck because I'm not immediately getting it. Um, And then you can go back in that moment and be like, this is the FFT. This is the fucking first time you are. (laughs) This is how you're supposed to feel. I love that. Yeah. And you'll get to a better feeling once you get better at it, once you put more time into it. And it's, you know, kind of the same method of like practice makes perfect in a sense. So I kind of wanted to bring that in too, just as like a way to kind of talk about labeling and experience and how it may feel. So then moving forward, anytime you start something new, you're going to get that weird, awkward feeling, that uncomfortable feeling that you kind of suck. And then you can be like, nope, this is an FFT. 
Yeah, and I know, and I know a lot about FFTs because I've done it before, <laughs> and I've sucked at something, and then I've gotten great at something. You know, absolutely. Write that yeah. down on your list, on your journal list. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's very cool. So, um, label it to the degree that you want it to, but it helps to have a tether for me. But whatever yeah. works for you, you know. Yeah, there's a thousand ways to get it done. I think when you're committing back to um, committing to stopping to indulge in negativity, you're also nurturing yourself during these growing pains because you're not going to get it right the first time. And like you said, a really, really big part of this is going to be behavior because we don't live in our minds all day, right? So there's an event, something happens. There's an event. I don't know. <laughs> Give you a, I can give you a real life event. I want to see right. how you dissect my real life event. All right. All right. I've been drinking. I went to a bar and I what went. You drink? What's your drinking choice? I was drinking beer that night. <laughs> I was trying to keep it sane and normal and then <laughs> shit went awry. Anyway, so I, I went to go to the bathroom yeah. and I came back. I couldn't find my friends. Aww. I feel like that's it. I know. It really wasn't a good time. <laughs> I went into full panic. But anyway, that's kind of a, I feel like that's a good situation for whatever you're about to bring up. It sounds that's a great like situation. Okay. So the insult is, you know, the insult on your homeostasis is that you can't find your friends. The first thing that happens is you have a moment of panic, which is a good thing because you're drunk and you can't find the people that you came with. So that's a nice thing. Alert, alert. Okay. And then I also. Lost my phone. I left it in the Uber. Mm, girl, and it's, shit, it's, I can't it's, solve the problems. It's like a four-story bar, and I'm going to leave that there. Okay. Is there a DJ? Okay. Uh, it doesn't I matter. It really doesn't matter because I got this. Yeah, there's okay. DJs on every floor, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's a nice thing that you had a moment of panic. You know, you need to kind of wake yourself up, alert, whatever. I'm sure you look around. This is a different story because you actually could have been in, in danger. But, um, but, <laughs> but no, I think it's fine. It's fine. So you, you get nervous, you panic, you freak out. Maybe before, this isn't you really, but maybe before you would have just cried at the bar and gone to ask different guys questions, which could have turned even more dangerous. You have your moment yeah. of panic, okay? You go to the bar, ask homeboy for some water, whatever. And then this is when you can start your thinking. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, my friends left me, you don't know that. So don't say that. And that's what I did. Yeah, you know, so stop with the. And when you don't do that to yourself, you calm down because it's not a panic thing. Mm -hmm. So then you can say, I'm sure they didn't go far. Maybe they're around. Let me look. Let me just take a look. You don't have to go too far. And then, you know, you can start breaking it down so that you can actually confront the problem instead of responding and having your brain respond to situations that aren't even true or don't have to be true yet, you mm -hmm. know, or you don't have to say, oh my gosh, I'm so drunk. I always do this. This is all my fault. I deserve to be here. But I'm sure you're thinking, I left my phone in the Uber. Okay. Can't do that anymore, Christina. <laughs> Listen, it was the first and only time I didn't notice until that night when I went home. It was just a whole thing. That's so funny. But see, it was the first and only time. So Period. when you get out of that moment of absolute panic, even though it is a wanted feeling, you're able to actually investigate and see how you can get to the other side of whatever you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. So you don't see your friends around and then you think maybe, oh, I'll ask a DJ if he can make an announcement or I'll whatever, whatever, you know. So you have the wherewithal and you feel more in control of the situation. You don't feel as I mean, I'm sure you were scared. But do you think that you would have felt less scared if your thought process was different? A thousand percent. Yes. Yeah. But that, that night was like a huge catalyst for my growth because I learned you know, with all of those feelings, this like fearful feeling, mm -hmm. I was experiencing a feeling of abandonment, which I felt as a child. So that's mm -hmm. also like a way that you can look into those moments, mm -hmm. those big moments where, and I raged, I raged that night on my <laughs> friends. I will be totally transparent, not yeah. my best night, not my yeah. best look, but gave me a huge opportunity to understand that number one, you don't have to react to everything. Not everyone is trying you know, have the, kind of like this victim mentality of like, people don't like you, they leave, mm -hmm. like whatever, right? And kind of gives you an opportunity to dig into your trauma as well. 
So, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a big part of what the journaling would give to you. You know, Mm -hmm. when you would, when you went back and take stock of the moments where you indulge in negative thinking, maybe this would came to mind and you would have saw that pattern of when I feel abandoned, when I feel like people disappear on me or don't show up for me, it it takes me here. And then you said your behavior was you raged out on your friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your behavior is how you interact with the outside world. And I think a really big part of what we're going to come to is when you change the way you think, it impacts the way you interact with the world and how the world interacts with you. So true. Were they mad at you? Oh, my God. Oh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there, listen, there's a lot going on. Not no, <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, A lot before like that response would have ended up happening at some point, both parties had feelings about different things that were never said. So yeah, they were definitely upset. And you know what their reaction to me was just as fucking bad. So we're all out here just acting fools. (laughs) Because of past experiences. Um, And especially past experiences that both parties never really decided to speak on, you know. So Conflict delayed is conflict multiplied. Okay. I know that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> Anyways, so, now um, I'm going to blast. <laughs> Great. That is so funny. So when, if you had taken stock and the night had gotten gone differently and you had different thoughts and the behaviors were different, I'm really glad that, you know, that story happened that way, you know, where mm-hmm. you were still safe. Um, but you were able to kind of, <laughs> you know, grow and mature from it. Thank um, God, because it really it could have been a very very bad case scenario. But yeah, God's got my back per usual. God's got your back, and I think it's important to also make note that what gets measured gets managed. I think that's a um, you know old business term or something, but that's why it's important to write it down so that you can extrapolate. Oh, this might come from feelings of abandonment, and then you can say, okay, that's something I can work on when you go to therapy or what you know whatever happens. Shout out to Unbreakably Bold, but um, <laughs> <laughs> or when you um, when you however you decide that you're going to resolve that in yourself. Yeah. So I think it's important to write it down so you can measure it and then you can manage it so that that feeling doesn't have as much control over your thoughts and your behaviors if you don't Mm -hmm. want them to. Love that. What gets measured gets managed. I like that. And as far as positive thoughts goes, you know, in doing this, you've grown so much, Christina. You know, we've known each other for a really long time. There's a lot of different tools and health benefits that positive thinking can give you. As far as health goes, when your brain is in a state of stress or it knows that there is um, a stressful situation, it communicates to your body through your bloodstream, you know, which goes pretty much everywhere. So your brain communicates, like I said, to all your different organs. It's a systemic communication that can do a lot of different things. You know, when there's stress, there's a cellular response. Radical oxidative species are formed, which is associated with aging and inflammation that we talk about all the time. You know, antioxidant eye cream, antioxidant everything, anti-inflammatory everything. So in changing in the way that you think about um, something negative that happens can reduce the stress on your whole body. We're trying mm. to, you know, be happy. We're trying to be well. We want to live, you know. And also it's really important in maintaining cognitive ability, promoting neuroplasticity and health by forming new connections, you know. We're always trying to keep the brain happy and active. So it's definitely beneficial for your body, but I think it's also beneficial for your, you know. This is where mind, body, soul kind of came into it for me. I felt like I could focus more. Like I said earlier, I had better confidence, better self-esteem. You know, what are some things you noticed? Well, it gave me a lot more, I guess this isn't the best way to say it, but it allowed me to take more risks, I would say. Nice. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, ever since I started to change the way that I thought, I've come out with a podcast. I'm you know, I plan to be a life coach, you know, I, I started a business with my best friend. So I did a lot of different things that are a lot, they're risky. Um, and ultimately, my negative thinking would have had me in a root of fear and thinking mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have been good enough to pull any of it off. But now I'm like, even if I can't pull it off, 
it's a growing opportunity. So I would say the ability to take risks, I would say similar to you, just growing my self-esteem, like showing myself that I've done hard things in the past and I can do them again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just helped me overall, like understand people better too, Mm -hmm. like be Mm -hmm. able to just communicate better with people and it's very easy to see when someone's a negative thinker, in my opinion, very yeah. easy. And I cannot shut up. <laughs> so as soon as I see that, you know, I think it always turns into a bigger conversation of why do you think you can't do that? And we kind of go down yeah. a rabbit hole and we work on that. So those are my main things that I've really seen. It changed my life in that way. That's amazing. And I feel I feel the same way. My version of negative thinking was I was I was afraid, you know, I feel like yeah. I was afraid of everything. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everything but like I was afraid to try to do my best. I was afraid to fail. I was afraid of rejection. To be misunderstood. I, Ooh, I was the afraid fear of rejection. Though, Girl, it is, wasn't cute. It was not cute living, you know, it's big. It's big. It's huge, especially because there was no reason to feel that way. And even if there was for a second at a time, that doesn't mean I get to feel that way. I have to feel that way for every moment of my life, you know? And I think that it happened, you know, I think things happen the way that they do because that's just the way the universe lays it and somehow it ends up working out. But once I was able to change the way that I was thinking, I got so much clarity. I got, you know, like I said, being able to take in all the different stimuli, positive, negative, whatever, and being able to deconstruct it into what it meant for me and then what wasn't for me. I was able to have so many more healthy and productive gestures towards my calling, you know, and what I was supposed to do. And like you say, how important it is to honor your intuition. I couldn't Mm -hmm. even hear my intuition through my negativity. Oh, I just got... Full body chills. That is absolute. Let's, can we stop there? Can we talk on that for a second? Yeah. Because I think that is huge. Why do you think that you weren't able to even hear your intuition in the past? I think it was because I didn't know. And for me, because my um, negative thinking came up as fear. I didn't know what was doubt. I didn't know what was from other people, you know, when they're like, oh, are you sure? Ooh, that's going to be a hard one. You need to back up, you know, you know, all those things. I didn't know if it was external opinion. I didn't know if I myself was saying, maybe you need to grow a little more before you try this. I didn't yeah. know. I just couldn't tell. So just the fact that all of these different stimuli were coming in and I didn't have the patience with myself, I don't think, or even the maturity because I didn't do the work yet to Mm -hmm. say, hey, that's not true. Or, hey, you don't know my plan. You don't know what I've done to feel like I'm qualified. Or maybe it's like, maybe I should get a little more experience on this before I try something new. I just didn't have the ability to discern noise from truth or gut from pressure or doubt, you know? So um, that was huge, huge for me. Yeah. I do think that if you are somebody listening who, you know, we talk about intuition and you're like, I don't really think I've ever heard my intuition. Ultimately, I think that the way that people can connect with their intuition is by getting into alignment, in my opinion. And alignment to me means honoring yourself, honoring your feelings, you know, having that high self-esteem and doing the work to get there. If you are not there yet, it's not people pleasing kind of like what you said, like you were getting opinions from people who who ultimately don't matter because if you know what you know about what you're doing, if you're happy doing that, even if you can't see the finish line, yeah, come on now, that is what matters. And that is alignment is that people pleasing, out the door, the need for external validation out the door, you're following and honoring yourself, your heart. You know, if you have, if you feel like you have a purpose or a passion, fucking follow that, even if it's scary and you can't see the end and, you know, in mind. So I think that that's huge. And I just love that you said that. Absolutely. Thank you. And I'm going to take it one step further, just like you said, by being able to hear myself, hear my intuition, my gut and honoring it, I was able to have the clarity, but I got vision. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was really what changed it for me. And that's when it became mind, soul, body, mind, body, soul for me, you know, and, you know, encouraging these positive neural pathways allows us to receive the messages and signs from the good and the bad 
before we release them and move forward into what we feel like we have to do. Mm. And that's why I feel like this is so important. Yes. I love it. Me too. Go ahead, girl. Gem after gem after gem. (laughs) Dropping gems. Dropping gems. (laughs) Okay. So I gained clarity and vision. And for me, I was led to build something that allows me to um, investigate the brain and neurocognition and uh, neurophysiology, how these brain processes impact our lives, you know, and I want to do it in a clinical setting and I want wellness outcomes. And I'm really, really excited about it. It's so fucking hard, hard work. I literally couldn't imagine. I don't even understand half the things that come out of your mouth. So I can't imagine how it is to retain it all. It's hard work, but I'm honestly, I'm honestly having the time of my life. I'm having because so you're much aligned. Fun. Yeah, you're, exa- you're doing exactly what you're put on this earth to do, and you're following that. Whether you can see the end in mind or not, even though you just talked about how now you can visualize and you yeah. see things, which is key to manifesting as well. But but it took me some time to get to that because, like I said, when we were taking stock of our list, I was like, oh, these are all the things that I said I kind of wanted to do that I faded out from. There was a common denominator, the brain. From indulging in it and learning more and nurturing my passion, I was able to contextualize the vision. So it's Mm. important. So what is like the end goal for you? What do you want to contribute to the world? Um, I think that, you know, but just yeah. through, just through, I want it to be an actual institution. I want it to have a front door where someone can enter and okay. get help. So definitely clinical wellness, neurocognition and physiology. Beautiful. It's a vision. <laughs> it's a vision and it's an amazing one at that. It's, it's a bold one. It's an unbreakably bold one at that. Unbreakably bold. But when I committed in my mind and I actually started doing the work, there has been so many opportunities that came to me that I was ready for. You yeah. know, and even if I wasn't ready right away, I had the wherewithal to know, like, you got this. You can you figure, figure it, out. it out. You can figure it yeah. out, you know. Yes. So get in the door, build a door, have a good time, learn and take stock in you. You know what I will say about yeah. you, though, is like, I know you're saying like you maybe used to think more negative and fear was rooted in a lot of your actions and whatnot. But I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's bullshit, (laughs) but (laughs) what I will say is that, I mean, some of my toughest times have been in sports, you know, lacrosse for one. I mean, I had to really push myself. And if I was weak and couldn't push myself, I had you right behind me helping to push me along the way and vice versa. I really feel like you were a huge support person for me during that time. And I feel like you've always had this energy and this mentality of like, I'm a fucking badass and I can do whatever I put my mind to. And I think that that was always at the root. You just had to do some digging and kind of uncover it to really get clear in all aspects of your life. But I do want to say you've always had like a very beautiful mind and a beautiful soul. And you've always put that energy out there personally, I think. So just a tidbit. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. And I really appreciate that. And Mm -hmm. at the time I would have said like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know. And maybe relatively I was, that a good baseline but when I did this work it changed my life Mm. and I wasn't you know I remember the professor who asked me uh, who presented that paper in class and I was so interested in it I went to his office hours whatever whatever so we talked and at the end of it he's like you know so tell me a little bit about you and I was like well I don't know I'm just I'm not that interesting you know I'm I'm taking a class I'm excited about it and he's like oh I'm sure that's not true like you know but he's a good professor he worked it now I'm be like my name is Yavarankatula you know what I mean and I have when he says tell me about you you know that's an interview question also you know I'm sure everyone gets asked that all the time Um, it is but it it was it wasn't about an interview you know what I mean it was about me having something to say about myself me having seeing value yeah it was about me seeing value self-esteem and how, like, who is Yabo? Can you tell us? Like, I would love to hear your powerful take on who you are. Oh, wow. Yabo Erin Katola. I'm a 27-year-old woman. I am really inspired by innovation and love. And I have some really incredible people in my life. I have invested a lot into finding a way to utilize the brain and our body, our own machinery 
to promote wellness and to help people, all people, especially people in my community, Black people, that we have a locus of control on our life and our health. I want that to be accessible to everyone. And I am really, really, really excited about building that. Mm. I love it. I love it. So powerful. (laughs) (laughs) So powerful, though, truly. And thank you for sharing that, because I know I just totally threw you on the spot. So sorry. (laughs) That's okay. That's that's what I do. Yes. Amazing. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share with us before I put you in the hot seat? Ask you some hot questions? I would just like to, I guess, summarize to everyone that through hormones and immune and other signaling methods, your brain can send um, signals to every organ system, to every cell in your body. And your everyday thoughts and what you do with your stress is a big part of that communication. So please do not take that lightly. You know, you, Christina says you are not a body, you're a being, right? Yeah, you're you're a soul, not a body. You're a soul, not a body, you know? There's so much more to you than the mechanics, okay? So just consider that and, you know, good luck. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for sharing. Do you, did you, I don't remember, do you want to plug yourself? Do do you want people to find you on social? Oh yeah, we said no to that, I don't have a social media, but if you um, put questions or something, or if you want me to reach out, Put it in your anonymous thing and I'll find you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Amazing. Okay, perfect. So let's go into our hot seat. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. I do have some questions to ask you. Um, you know, this will help really our listeners better understand you. And I just always love to ask these interviewees um, these questions just to get to know you guys better. So first question, and you kind of already did this, but... If you could give one piece of advice to my listeners who are on their journey of showing up boldly and unbreakably, what would it be? I would say, on top of everything I've already said, find a way to get some sleep, find a way to get your blood flowing, you know, get active, you know, okay. do little things that take care of you, you know, after after we do this, I'm probably going to take, you know, a bubble bath and watch Broad City. So do a little self-care, <laughs> self-care, you know, drink some champagne. The night's young. Okay. Period. Eat some Taco Bell, drink some champagne, get in the bathtub. Honestly, Girl, I don't do that. I don't do the Taco Bell. <laughs> Shit almost killed me one time. <laughs> But everything else. Oh, no. (laughs) I honestly just think everyone eats Taco Bell, but sometimes I just say it and people cringe. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Whoops. Okay. Question number two. When you are feeling your absolute best, what are you doing? Who are you around? What does that moment look like for you? Um, When I am feeling my best, I just overcame a challenge. It doesn't have to be a big one, but I had to move this couch into my apartment all by myself and it was so hard, but I figured it out and I felt so good, you know, little, little things. Um, and I feel really nice when I take time to, to look nice because I'm always so busy and I'm running and I'm all night, these three hours sleeps, you know, these three hour naps I'm giving myself you know, yeah. are sustainable, but it's, yeah. you know, for a little bit of time. So now I'm really appreciating when I do have time to kind of take pride in my appearance and um, when I accomplish something and I can be with, you know, my friends, my loved ones, you know, yeah. whoever, by myself even. Okay. Shout out to the introverts. Yeah, for real, <laughs> for real, for real. Okay. And when did your life change for the better or are you still waiting? Was there like a pivotal moment for you? Yes. And still changing, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet, right? Yes. Uh, my big moment, I would say, is a couple of years ago, I was in the West Indies when Hurricane Maria happened. And I knew, I knew in my heart that I didn't want to go down there, you know, but I went anyways, because of all the things that I talked about earlier, I couldn't discern why I didn't really want to go. And I was afraid that it was because I was afraid to fail, not because I knew in my gut that this wasn't for me. Mm. And so when I was down there in that situation with my refrigerator flying out of my apartment and the roof flying off, 
I, I was scared, but I knew I was going to be okay because I knew the lesson was clean it up. I knew it and it was tough. And after the government saved me three days later, that's when we went to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that sounds like the moment where you realize kind of like to what your intuition was, yeah. Like, yeah. what it was trying to tell you. There's a difference for sure. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Um, pineapple on pizza? Question mark. A hundred percent no. Yeah. A hundred percent no. I mean, I figured you already said no to the Taco Bell, so why would you put pineapple on pizza? <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite pizza right now is I used to be pepperoni, but now I'm like mushroom spinach pizza. Ooh, it's really good. That is good. I yeah. like that. Okay. And then lastly, what is one thing that you're grateful for right now? I am grateful for the opportunity to collaborate with one of my really, really good best friends. I am grateful that I got a flat tire two days ago. I'm really grateful that I had the means to just take care of it so it didn't slow me down. And I am grateful that I have, that my family has curated an environment for me where I get to follow my dreams. So, yes, not you. Um, not you showing gratitude for a ruined tire. <laughs> Not you thinking positively. I was so pissed. I had so many things to do, but I was like, um, I was, I triple it, whatever, whatever. And I had to get a new one, but I was like, wow, it's such a blessing that I have this money in my bank account right now. Yes. You know what I mean? Cause that would have yes. been so stressful. So yeah. And that people is a literal example <laughs> of how you manifest great things. When you use positive thinking, when you use a positive mindset and you look at terrible situations or unfortunate situations as an opportunity, you know, an and opportunity I'm going to even- Absolutely. And I'm going to break you guys off a little bit more. The universe was so kind. They gave me that money back and more the next no. day. The next day. No. Crazy. Crazy. I was so moved. It's, come on. <laughs> you can't make that shit up. They're yeah. always listening. That's Everything is energy. Everything is energy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So so amazing. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us today. I know I have learned a lot, um, a lot of lessons that and little quotes that I wrote down that you said <laughs> that I'm going to be definitely using for the rest of my life. I, as one of your best friends and just as somebody who's interviewing you right now, I feel really lucky to know you and I'm so excited to see how your life pans out. You are a rock star and I'm so excited for you and I love you. <sighs> Oh, thank you so much. I love you too. I'm so proud of you. I know I tell you all the time, but I'm so inspired by you. Beautiful inside and out, you guys. Absolute Aww. stunner all around. I love you, girl. Thanks, boo. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode today. If you did, if you learned anything, go leave us a review, rate, subscribe, follow, all the good things on Spotify. You can actually leave reviews in right now. So if you're listening on Spotify, go do that. Um, like Yabo said, if you have any follow-up questions or anything, put it in the anonymous page. Um, that is linked in the description of every single episode, including this one. Um, but other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your time and energy. And thank you for learning with me today. I learned a lot. Um, and I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. So I hope you guys have a great day, weekend, night, whatever this is for you. Much love. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.